Scott Bernstein, and welcome to a new episode of the Jambase Podcast, proud partner of the Osiris Media Network. This episode features an interview with Blackberry Smoke frontman Charlie Starr. Blackberry Smoke recently released one of my favorite albums of the year so far, You Hear Georgia. Now, speaking of Osiris, we're getting closer to the launch of Alive Again, a limited series podcast exploring the solo career of Fish's Trey Anastasio. Based on extensive interviews with Trey and his bandmates and collaborators, Alive Again will dive into the evolution of Trey's songwriting and creative development, as well as the enduring career of the Trey Anastasio band. The show will also cover Trey's memories composing with Ernie Styers, his orchestral work, and his Broadway experience. The band's experience with the Beacon Jams will be explored as well. Alive Again premieres on June 15th, and I can't wait to hear what's in store. Hey, store. That's a nice segue to remind you to visit the Jambase store. There's all sorts of merch available, including t-shirts, socks, coffee mugs, hats, towels, even fanny packs. May I suggest the Jambase t-shirt bundle? As you could scoop our classic Go See Live music and retro microphone short sleeve t-shirts for the price of just one. Head to jambase.com store to purchase. Jambase donates a portion of sales from every item purchased to Backline, an organization providing mental health resources to music industry professionals. Go see live music. Man, that is music to my ears, eyes, and soul. I haven't gone to see live music since the Love Rocks benefit in March of 2020, and I'll be breaking my streak by attending this year's benefit at the Beacon Theater. I figure that's a nice circular way to return to attending concerts. This past month or so has been about as busy a time period as I can remember for concert and festival announcements. Modest Mouse and Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats, Yonder Mountain String Band, Billy String, St. Vincent, Herbie Hancock, Foo Fighters, Guns N' Roses, and the infamous String Dusters are just some of the acts that have announced tour dates since our last episodes. Plus, we've seen festival lineups drop from Newport Jazz, Telluride Blues and Brews, Woodsis, Shaky Knees, Beach Life, Merlefest, Austin City Limits, and many other festivals. Now more than ever, be sure to follow your favorite artists on Jambase to keep up to date with what they have planned via, via both our website and iOS app. Now, we'll get into my discussion with Charlie Starr. I spoke with Charlie through a video chat just before You Hear Georgia was released. That same day, Blackberry Smoke announced the Spirit of the South tour, a run of dates in which the group will be joined by the Allman Betts Band, the Wild Feathers, and the Allman Brothers Band co-founding drummer J-Mo. Each night will end with a collaborative finale paying tribute to various influences within Southern music. I discussed the tour with Charlie, and then we got into You Here, Georgia. Starr told me about the process of making an album in the middle of a pandemic, Working with producer Dave Cobb, collaborating with Warren Haynes and members of the Black Bettys, fighting stereotypes, performing driving concerts, and much more. Here's a bit of the title track from You Here, Georgia, and my chat with Blackberry Smoke's Charlie Starr. Georgia when I open my mouth 
excited to welcome Charlie Starr of Blackberry Smoke to the Jam Days podcast. How are you doing, Charlie? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing excellent. I'm, I'm excited to speak with you. I'm a, I'm a longtime uh, fan of your band and your music. And it's interesting, right before we got on this uh, video chat, um, Blackberry Smoke announced um, the Spirit of the South tour. Um, can you tell us a little about what's, uh, what's planned? Well, you know, it was um, it was supposed to happen last year, like everybody else's plans, <laughs> uh, summer tour. And um, so now it's going to happen in July. I just know it. Yes. Just know it. So it's um, Blackberry Smoke, the Almond Betts Band, Wild Feathers, and J-Mo. And J-Mo, the incredible found, co-founding member of the Almond Brothers Band. Right. And the idea is... Uh, sort of a little traveling festival. Um, each band will play a show. Uh, and then the last show of the night, the last set of the night will be a great big jam. Excellent. And we'll play, we'll, you know, tip our hats to Southern music. And speaking of tipping your hats to Southern music and to the South, you guys have a new album um, that uh, when people hear this will have just come out uh, called You Here Georgia. Um, and it's a 10 track LP produced by the renowned Dave Cobb that honors the uh, band's home and roots. When did you record the album? In late May, early June of, of 2020. So not long after the pandemic started, uh, were there precautions taken? Yeah, we um, we had planned to go in uh, late March, mid to late March. Okay. We had a date to start. We were in Canada when everything, you know, when shut down. And uh, so we, we came home from Canada and everybody was, you know, trying to figure out what was going on. And, and um, for the next couple of months, I would speak with Dave Cobb and, and um, you know, it was not a, not a great time to get out of the house for sure. anybody. But then as, as it started to, as May started to wind down, things were, people were feeling a little safer, you know, and then and everybody was wearing masks. Then. And, and then anyway, I was talking with Dave and he said, Hey, you know, if we want to make this record, if we want to start RCA is huge. Studio A is huge. We can stay away from each other. We can keep it very small, just myself and an engineer and you guys, and we can get tested and all that. So we wanted to get it done. We were going to lose our window, really. Sure. So that's what we did. And we made a record and nobody got sick and it was fantastic. But it was really, it was really private. We didn't have any friends, nothing that would normally happen when you're in the studio. No visitors and no, uh, we were locked, we were shut in. Well, um, but you did have some guests on the album. So let's use the example of Warren Haynes. How did that yeah. work? Well, he actually didn't come. He was in New York, but he went and, and um, recorded his parts remotely. Very um, cool. But that happened. Um, the way that he get uh, came to guest on the record was he and I were on the phone one night in April. And uh, I was just kind of putting the finishing touches on songs for the record as far okay. as writing. And we were on the phone one night talking about a guitar for sale. And uh, he said, man, I've written more songs in the last two months than I have in the last 20 years. It's crazy because I can't go anywhere, you know, so I'm just sure just working a lot. And I said, yeah, me too. I'm finishing up a batch, you know, and we decided to write together. And then All Rise Again was the first 
thing that we wrote. And I was just knocked out by it. It's such a great big rock and roll song, you know, big riff. And anyway, I, I made a little demo of it and sent it to Dave Cobb. And he said, oh, God, I love it. Okay, well, let's definitely record that one, too. And when we got to the studio and started checking, he said, do you think Warren would play on it? And um, I said, well, let me ask him. And I asked him and he said, yeah, I will. And uh, can I sing too? Wow. <laughs> I said, yes, absolutely. So that was recorded remotely. Yeah, he recorded at a studio in, in uh, Connecticut, I believe. Jamie Johnson actually did come in. Okay. And sang his part. And how about the Black Bettys, the, the backing vocalists that joined you guys? They were in Atlanta, actually. Okay. They recorded their parts in Atlanta. So this was uh, all over the place. Now, getting yeah. back to RCA uh, Studio A and specifically Dave Cobb, um, I know you had been talking with Dave a long time about working. Um, what did you think of the experience of working with Dave Cobb? I loved it. I loved every second of it. He's very fast and efficient. He's very passionate about music. It's not about, you know, he, I mean, he makes great records. We all know that. Yes. They're very interesting. They're sonically um, they're just right, you know. I, I have no complaints. But and working with different bands and artists, obviously, that's always a different experience for him as well. And I think he does a great job of. He never like puts the. There is no the Dave Cobb sound. You know, each person's record has its own identity, and it's that artist's identity. But one really important thing I took from the experience was he helped me remember that we're human beings making music, and that perfection is boring. <laughs> and there were there were a few times where i would say oh, i can do that a little better or we could do that a little better and he's like why that felt great that had passion and spirit and it had the feeling you know and who cares if you hit a hit a wrong note or almost or you know whatever you know and i i think at the end of the experience it was like thanks for reminding us of that Absolutely. An important lesson to learn, especially at that time in what was going on yeah. um, mm -hmm. in, in, in the world. Um, how about uh, you, you, you know, you've had the pleasure of recording at a number of legendary studios. Um, what did you think of RCA Studio A? Oh, it's great. And he's right. It's huge. And uh, there, you know, it's legendary. And kudos to him for sort of he didn't rebuild it, but <clears throat> just keeping it active, you know, um, he loves the room and the room loves him back. Yeah. <laughs> and you recorded live. Is that correct? I mean, I've yeah. seen the, the, the phrase that I saw used is live on the floor. Yeah. Does, does that mean that you just were all spread out amongst the floor of yeah. the RCA studio? A? Yeah. And we always record live and, 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 um, you know, you don't keep everything and you, you know, overdub where you need to, but we always, you know, the nuts and bolts of our songs are always the band playing together. That's the most important part. And that's what you capture, you know, 
you could, you know, albums where one dude plays every instrument. I mean, that's cool, but a lot cooler when there's five or six people doing it. Absolutely. Because <laughs> you get each person's personality on their instrument. But like there's one song on the record called Old Enough to Know that is completely live, vocal and all. And um, it's very, um, it's very, it's not a simple, well, it is a simple song, but but the instrumentation is very, is very uh, bare. And uh, we could have, you know, with another producer, he might have said, hey, let's put pedal steel on this and harmonica and, you know, this and this and this and this. And Dave was like, this is perfect. This is, we don't even need another voice. No harmony, no nothing, just this. this no one really knows just what they're doing. Fake it and try not to let it show. If you find an ace, don't let them read it on your face. They don't tell you till you're old enough to know. Sometimes. And I like that that track kind of serves as a, like a um, aperitif or so, uh, you know, a, a palate cleanser amongst yeah. the, the big rock songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a nice piece of dentine right in the middle of the record. Yes. <laughs> you back up. <laughs> and uh, did that become clear in terms of sequencing? Um, how did how did the sequencing uh, come together? Um, I did it. It kind of falls to me a lot of times. Okay. Um, and my, I don't really have uh, a lot of rules when it comes to that, other than don't put songs that are in the same key next to each other. <laughs> okay. Uh, but no, you try to create a little bit of an experience, a little bit of a ride, you know, sure. um, especially if you've got a lot of different types of songs on the record. So you think, well, let's do a fast one here and a slower one here and funky one here and keep it, keep it uh, interesting. Very cool. Um, now, uh, the amazing title track, You Hear Georgia, uh, it addresses stereotypes that those outside of the South may have about the region and Georgia in particular. And I want to admit on a personal level, um, I grew up in New Jersey in the New York City area. And I did buy into some of those stereotypes at, as a kid. Um, and I went to college. I went to Skidmore College in Saratoga Springs, New York, where I met uh, one of my best friends, um, grew, grew up and, and lived in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And he introduced me to how amazing Georgia is and getting to meet him and, and his family and, and get to see the area. I, I fell in love with it and I realized how ignorant. I, I was, um, um, and I just wanted to, to, to share that. And so I have a special appreciation for what you were going for. Um, oh, thank you. And so, so when did the theme of honoring Georgia and addressing these stereotypes co come together? Well, um, that song really, um, was born the first, the first line of the lyrics. I was watching television one morning while we were all locked down having coffee and um, local news channel. And then um, there was a guy being interviewed about something very serious. And he had a really, really, really thick Southern accent. And, um, and it made me smile. And I thought, I wonder if people hear what he's saying or just how he says it. Um, and that kind of 
uh, created a little spark. And that's, so that's where the first line came from. <clears throat> and then after that, I thought, well, that's not a whole song. That's just one line. And so after that, uh, it just sort of started to broaden the idea. And I thought about how, you know, Hollywood's done a good job of painting Southerners to all be ignorant, inbred, hateful people. And I didn't grow up that way. I'm speaking like in the song. I think I'm speaking directly of the South that I know. Sure. Maybe Georgia that I know. And uh, when I first started to travel outside the South, um, I learned that, of course, there are ignorant, hateful people everywhere, unfortunately. And there apparently always will be. But, you know, the only thing that we can control is right here ourselves. Um but I first started to travel abroad and was like, wow, I would meet people and think, holy shit. Well, there's hateful people everywhere, you know, and uh, it, it sort of opened my eyes, sort of like you, like um, it's a it's a sad thing to learn. But it's like even going to Europe, you know, I was just like, oh, no, <laughs> yeah, there's there's good people and bad people everywhere. But that's kind of what the song started to mean. And it's I started to think about it like as I was going through and. And uh, writing the lyrics and thinking, well, like the you hear Georgia part first is talking about a voice. And then it, you know, somewhere deep in there maybe is I'm not trying to make this too complicated, but like think about the, the Georgia's mu- musical heritage and lineage. And with Otis Redding and James Brown, Ray Charles and little Richard and the Allman Brothers Band, R.E.M. and the Black Crows. And it's all just it's it's all over the place and it's all beautiful. Absolutely. And I'm I'm glad you honored that. And it's crazy since you recorded the album, Georgia's been in the spotlight a lot. And from what I could tell and from what I've read in, in past interviews that you've done, um, is it a conscious decision for Blackberry Smoke to stay away from politics? I think so. I mean, a lot, I, I've heard so many people, I mean, in the beginning, um, of the band. I mean, I think it's pretty much understood that when we play a show or make a record for me anyway, it's to escape from all of this shit. You know, Um, I'm not a protest singer. Um, And I've heard some people even complain now, like for, for artists to say that they're like, that's a cop out. I'm like, no, it's not. I don't, I wouldn't buy a stones ticket to go hear a speech or be preached at, you know, I would go to hear Humbling Dice, yes. you know, um, or I wouldn't go see the dead and expect Jerry to give me, um, you know, some diatribe on who I should vote for. Um, anyway, um, at the end of the day, I think it's an, music is an escape for me, you know, maybe it's not for everybody. And maybe some artists do think that they, it's my job to enlighten people, you know, yeah. but I, I don't, feels that that's my job no and i i like that there's a mix um i uh i think there is a space for protest songs but i for the most part i'm with you i want to go to a concert and forget about all of the um distrust and dissension in the world and 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 let the music be the truth well and i don't feel like also um, I don't feel like being a good person or at, or telling people, hey, you should be a good person. You should stop hating people or stop killing people. That's not necessarily necessarily political. Amen. It's just like good old human rights. So um, there's two different things there. You know, I'm like, I, I, I personally, you know, 
I have a song called Waiting for the Thunder. It's on one of our last albums. It might be the closest thing to a political song I've ever written. And it's basically about, hey, man, whoever's in charge, good luck. I <laughs> do a good job. You know, whoever you are, right. whether this where whether these people hate you or these people hate you or they hate each other or you hate them or whatever. How about just being a good person? Speaking of good people, um, I had the uh, w- one of the first Blackberry Smoke live recordings I ever heard was a homecoming show in Atlanta that you did where Benji Shanks sat in. And um, it, Be- Benji is now a uh, touring member of the band. And, uh, and, and and is he on the album? Yeah. Yeah. He's on every song. He and that's another thing that was cool about the record is. Benji Shanks and Preston Holcomb on percussion, we all played together um, live. So um, that was, that was really cool. That's something that, you know, Benji's guested on our last two albums after the fact and uh, percussion would always be put on later, you know, and this one, I think it makes, it makes the band dynamic a little different. There's a lot going on. And so you, I think you will probably simplify what you're doing and make it serve the song a little more than you would if there was only one guitarist, you know, or you kind of downsize mentally, like, okay, I don't need to be playing all this shit. I need to keep it simple. Sure. Because there's a lot of us on here. It's almost a football team. (laughs) Spreading it out, if you will. And uh, while hopefully in July we'll get back to the full capacity shows, um, Blackberry Smokes played a number of um, socially distanced or drive-in shows. And ha- how has that experience been different for you? It, it was twofold. Um, on the one hand, when we first started to do them, it had been so long since we had played together and we were all just looking at each other grinning because, you know, you hit a G chord together and it's like, oh, that's, kind of what we wake up every every day for on the road you know is to do that is to for you know us to to make music together and then we sort of turned around and we're like oh well there's not many people here and they're way out there you know and in little pods so it it made the uh it made a difference as far as the energy obviously that you get from the audience we did some drive-in shows where they're in their cars too. That was a little strange with the honking and the lights blinking. And that was pretty cool. And we did some uh, live streams for no audience at all. Um, and that was really strange. I can imagine finishing. It almost, it almost forces you inward and you get a little like, am I doing a good job? You know, cause people are, you know, watching their computer screen or whatever. It, it'll make you be a little more self-conscious, I believe, but. It was just, just, just getting together to play music was the most important part. Uh, absolutely. Um, and uh, the, the Black Bettys, how did you meet, meet them and, and form the relationship with them, the, the, the vocalists that appear on the album? I met them on the last album, 
which was um, Find a Light. Uh, we were recording in Atlanta. And an engineer that we worked with named Tom Tapley, who's fantastic. Um, one day we were, I was looking at a couple of songs and I said, Tom, I really hear, I'm, I'm really hearing some female voices on these songs and not, not got, not us, you know? Sure. And I said, do you know any, um, any really good female singers? And he said, I do. I said, I, I want this gospel feel, you know? And then um, he said, I do. I know these, um, uh, sisters, they're twins, twin sisters. Um, they're great. They've come in and worked on a couple of sessions, Cherie and Sherita Murphy. I said, oh, great. They said, you want me to call them? I said, sure. So he called and they came down and uh, they came in and uh, I didn't have to say a word. They, they put the first song on and they were like, oh, yeah. And they started to sing. I had a lyric sheet. You know, they knew exactly where it went. And That's amazing. They did that on, I think they were on three or four songs on the last record. And so I just, before we started to record, I said, will y'all sing with us again? You know, they came and did some shows with us and uh, I wish they would go on tour with us, um, but they have their own band. They are the Black Bettys. That's the name of their band. And otherwise I would, they could join our band. Scoop them up. <laughs> Terrific. Well, uh, the album is, is wonderful. And uh, I really thank you so much for your time. I hope to um, see one of the shows this, this summer, fingers crossed that everything goes smoothly. Yeah. And uh, uh, again, uh, th thank you so much for, for, for all that you, that you bring to the music world. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for having me. That's it for episode 81 of the Jam Bass Podcast. Thanks to Charlie Starr for taking the time to chat with us. And thanks to Jake Alexander for producing. The theme music comes from Clangin' and Bangin'. Thanks to all our listeners, and we'd be ever so grateful if you subscribe to the Jam Bass Podcast through your favorite podcast service. And perhaps leave a review. Take care out there. And here's hoping you get a chance sooner rather than later to go see live music. Music.